All right, everybody, welcome to yet another episode of the Break the Rules live stream. I am your humble host, Lev Polyakov, all the way live here for a very special stream talking about the Book of Revelation. Ariel Pink is back with us once again, the great and powerful Ariel Pink, along with Neil, Gnostic Informant, back with a fresh new look. And for the very first time, we have Amon. Amon, thank you so much, brother, for coming in today. You are a master in the uh, Greek language. You're going to be breaking a lot of the stuff down. And we're going to have the great Nina Paley coming in a little bit later as well. I love Nina. Everybody loves Nina, or Ninas, as I like to call her now. And she did Apocalypse Animated, which you could see in the uh, screen over here. It is a animated rendition of the various passages from the book of Revelation. She illustrated the beast. She illustrated the lamb. She illustrated all kinds of stuff. And guys, if you want to support Break the Rules, which brings everybody together, what you have to do is you have to smash that subscribe button, smash the like button, click the bell, and all that good stuff. So we are going to go right into it, starting with the main man himself, Ariel. Ariel. What attracted you to the book of Revelation to think about the end times, whether we are or are not in the end times right now? I mean, just today is the 24th anniversary of the Matrix movie. It's the day where they announced uh, the uh, arrest of Donald Trump. There's a lot of crazy stuff that's happening in the world right now. So what do you personally make of that and your own connection to the book of Revelation? Go for it. Well, um, uh, I mean, I just think that uh, I'll, I'll start by saying that I'm not an expert on any of these things. I don't, I can't even quote quote scripture or anything like that. So um, my, and I mean, and same goes for politics and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm really just, um, I've got a surface read on everything, you know, I'm, I'm like my own sort of, I just kind of take what's on the surface and I kind of like distill it and it needs to make sense to me somehow so um but there's just there are a lot of um coincidences uh or uh, there's just it seems it seems like uh, uh it would be it would be uh kind of uh odd for there to be uh, such a, such confluence of so many things i mean i mean just just on a cultural level um um, it has nothing to do with the with the Bible per se, but like I mean, I mean, when you think about like what what generation we are in, what they call us, you know, or you know, Generation X, Generation Generation, uh, you know, Millennials, and all this kind of stuff. I mean, I mean, when I was born, I mean, I'm, I'm a Generation X, just barely, you know, um, and uh, it just seems like you know how many how many more generations are there i mean i mean there's generation x y z i mean I... well now it's generation alpha and it's funny because uh, jesus is known as the alpha and the omega right so i mean it just, it just seems like there's like a lot of uh of weird kind of confluences and uh it seems like there's a it it it, it would i'd be uh, it'd be if i was some sort of sherlock holmes i might sort of say there's there's too many coincidences maybe do you guys feel the same way? Well, I the thing about Revelation is it's it's symbolism. It's yeah. deep symbolism. And if you were telling this in the context of the first century, it's dated probably in the 90s, maybe late 90s, early second century, maybe. Uh, the imagery that is being 
cast it out, if you will, is very, it would be very familiar to the people in that time. For example, like, you know, the women clothed with the sun, with the crown of 12 stars, uh, standing on the moon, giving birth to the child. That imagery would be very familiar to people in the Orphic religion. That is, and in the earliest, some of the earliest um, writers on the Sibylline Oracles in Middle Ages comment on this is that this is taking from imagery of Venus Arania, the heavenly Venus, the queen of heaven, giving birth to Lucifer, the morning star. Later on in the book, Jesus says that he is the morning star. So they're... What what what, ha- what happens with Christianity a lot early on is they they sort of take images and symbols from the Old Testament, but also the uh, Greco-Roman mystery religion world, and they repurpose it and polemicize it and make right. it Christianized. So this is what's going on here in Revelation. A lot of the symbolism, because of it's so vague and you know dreamlike, and it could be reinterpreted, and so. In the, thir- in, the, in the year 1000, I'll give you an example. The year 1000, Pope Sylvester II, who was the Pope at the time, decided that because Revelation says at the end of a thousand year reign, Satan will be unchained and come out. He decided that this was the end times. The end times is now. Everybody get ready. Obviously, it didn't happen. So what happens is throughout the ages, these, these texts keep getting reinterpreted because it's because so that's that's the power of symbolism. Yeah, well, that's, 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 I can, I can, and I can totally see that. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I think in, in many ways it's, uh, the way that I see it is, is, is that, uh, it probably, I think that like it was supposed to happen a lot sooner. Uh, uh, uh and for whatever reason, um, when we started, uh, I guess it's the Roman calendar, but I mean, I, for all intents and purposes, it really just sort of stamps, uh, you know, I mean, what happened 2,023 years ago? It's like, okay. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. The so, Christians, the Christians so, believe that the end times was near, nearer than we think. Right. So, like, so, so, Jesus was like, some of you won't even taste death before I return. So I, I kind of see it as like, you know, when, when I when I think about like, you know, well, oh, well, you know, 2,023, you know, what, 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 what what is the significance of that? And, and, you know, for a secular interpretation and that kind of thing. And, 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 uh, and what it means to me is more or less that we've, some, somebody has, uh, has, has, uh, stalled the, the end times, um, by essentially, um, uh, demarcating the, the, uh, the Christian Roman calendar or whatever. And, uh, and, and it, it really, uh, so the the book of Revelation sort of happens in this twilight uh, after th- after uh, end times in a weird way. It's sort of like a, a I mean it's 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 a it's a sort of like a dream, right? So it's a, sort of it's sort of a, the way it sort of it it rolls out, uh, uh, it, you know, it gets, gets span eons or whatever. But uh, but basically, I I think that like uh, the the Messiah uh, returning the, the or the, the the rapture and all that kind of stuff. I think that that um, that 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 has been uh, forestalled a little bit, and, uh, um, and or I don't know if that's the word forestalled. But it's been it's been basically like like delayed. Delayed, yeah. But by um, 
by uh, by us um, by us actually kind of like you know by us enter entering into a Christian age where basically we all have come to to learn about the significance of Jesus at some point over the past two thousand years two thousand twenty three years and so uh, you know at, at and we do that just literally by by being by by being born and into into uh, you know uh, whatever religion we were born into but I mean you know Christianity has made its rounds now around the planet several times and so there's actually there actually is an opportunity to, to deny God I mean on a very conscious level um, which is what is what's necessary to actually make it happen because to make revelation happen because because it, it, there has to be a a a uh, a conscientious uh, denial of um of 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 god i mean of, of, of even you know there has to be a, a a refusal there has to be a denial and there has to be you know for the when i when i see the one world religion uh or i don't know what 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 the, what the exact term they used was but there there was going to be the, uh, the antichrist or some sort of uh, power figure was going to uh, sort of unite the planet and uh uh, uh you know under one the world wars would end uh, uh the nations the nation uh, between nations would end there would be one all, all fall under one one uh, one power structure yeah and, one, and 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 then and then and then and then only then could could they basically uh you know raise a generation that that where where they wouldn't even know where the word word God would not be introduced. So, so I mean, so if, if there was, if there, we were never uh, actually raised with the word God, I don't, I don't, it's, it's, it's doubtful to me that you'd be able to, to, to convince people that, uh, that there was such a thing or that you could, you can point, point to anything. You could, you could easily kind of do like, you not even have it in our lexicon um, because there's, there's nothing that, that really, identifies it as such and so so i, I for, for the people that that really are are the uh, are against god i think it's 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 of a priority it's a priority it's a priority for them to um to usher in a generation as soon as possible that they can that they can uh re um re-educate so i guess but and, and sort of Wipe this, wipe this, uh, the slate clean, and and never introduce the word God into their uh, into their awareness. And uh, I think that, like you know, the you know a year zero kind of situation is is really definitely like uh, what is necessary for that. Because, because let me just uh, let me just jump in for a few things. Wait, 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 wait one, one thing. Right. Because because if they don't, the 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 time thing. Um, the 2023 is really important. It's it, it's important to get out of this time. So the year zero situation is it, because 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 as long as long as there's as long as we're in the Roman calendar as in, as long as we're keeping track of how long it's been since Jesus was around, there's there's no way that we can actually forget about Jesus. There's no way that people can actually can they can't rewrite history unless they start over with a a different time the timeline basically and, and the french revolution type of thing 
like a Khmer Rouge type situation. Yeah, they start. I mean, there, it used to be the time would be like we're in the twelfth year of Augustus or the seventh year of Tiberius, and that, right. that's how they would keep time. And then the church obviously is in control of academia for a period of time. Fifth, I think it's fifth or sixth century they decided to start over and make the date for when they thought Jesus was birthday. Anyways, but I wanted to touch on something because the this whole triggering the end times thing, like people need to reject God for it to happen. To put it in context, because this is something that's been popping up throughout history forever. The 13th century, for example, fresh off all of these crusades, failed crusades, Christendom is losing to Islam. Mo Mongols are sweeping the, from the east. That's Gog and Magog. That The end times is triggered at this. People were convinced. People were convinced in the year 1260 that this was the end of the... The, the world is not... There's no way they're going to keep going. They lost Jerusalem. Holy, holy world's the holy uh, city's gone. The infidels have it. They called Muhammad the Baphomet, the Antichrist. All, right. the, all, everything was in place, and yet the world keeps turning, and and all these symbols keep getting re, uh, reimagined and you know reapplied basically to whatever it, the symbols just plug and play depending on what time you're in. Some people say the vaccine is the mark of the beast. Right. No, I got it. I got it. I got it. I mean, I, you know, and, and, and there's something about Christianity that that uh, uh, maybe not even just maybe just the Abrahamic, uh, the Abrahamic or Abrahamic religions that 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 it's like sort of like hardwired or built into it that uh, that that we have to be looking ahead towards some sort of, you know, uh, uh, apocalyptic calamity, you know, uh, um, and I think that that sort of gives us our predictive edge and our maybe our paranoia in, in a sense too uh just uh in terms of in terms of in terms of the way that like you know uh uh just uh godless americans even uh uh you know uh try to try to deal with the cold war and whatever and you know like you know shoot first and, and ask questions later and i mean I, I don't, you, I, I, you mentioned the word god as like this concept and i want to throw it over to amon because that word Theos is where the Greek word God comes from. Theology, the study of God. Right. That comes from the Greek. And I want to maybe, if Amo can touch mm -hmm. on the etymology of this word, what it originally oh. meant to people in the first, like... And, uh, and before Amon, little St. James in the comments over here says, Ariel means lion of God, which is true. Ari yeah. means lion, and L is another word for uh, for God. So there we yeah. go, Ariel. And by the yeah. way, guys, if, if you He's want to... Oh, man. Oh, dad jokes right there. Perfect. And by the way, guys, be sure to sneed those super chats if you want to ask any questions to uh, Ariel and everybody else. But that was a special one. I wanted to let that one go for free. So I'm on. You are on. I want to answer the question that Ariel and Neil got, to, that, got, got to answer. And... Uh, you got me? Everything's I got okay? you. Yeah. Okay. I want to answer their question. They were both looking at the lady and the dragon. And uh, from my perspective, when I look, I see a lot of, I see a lot of sex. I see a lot of sex and I see a lot of drugs and I see orgy. People don't see it, but in that chapter in the Greek is the word orgy. And it is the dragon who is doing that act upon the woman. Right? He's the one who wants to eat those children. 
Right? He wants to consume that. If I were to tell you this is ritual, if I just took a pen that tagged everything linguistically that was related to or used in Orphic mystery religion, right? If I, if I just did that with a pen in the apocalypse, 90% of the material would be covered. Okay, this is ritual. When she comes out, I know you guys are going to want to say hallelujah. Hallelujah. But when you say hallelujah, you are saying nothing Semitic. You are saying Pulaskian. Ololudzo. It's that cry that she makes. It's that cry that she makes in the Grove of Mars. Right? That's where we are. Grove of Mars giving birth. We're talking old Scythian. We're talking a thousand years before any of the old Hebrew ever even could have theoretically existed, right? And we're talking about a Bronze Age cult. The language of that Bronze Age cult is all over this text, all over it. And in that text, you see, for example, she's clothed with the sun. Do you know there's a specific line of ancient priests who are clothed in the sun. Did you know that? They called one of them the granddaughter of the sun. That was her official title. They also called her Lady Babylon. Yep. And she was building a linguistic tower within the rite, within the yep. rite itself, right? So when you talk about Revelation 12, yeah, and you talk she's about- pulled by a, She's pulled by a uh, chariot of serpents, dragons. You, you see who the uh, and you all of a sudden you realize you start looking at the language and it's all ritual cult language. There's a lot of sex there. There's a lot of drugs there. And it is her communion. People are always shocked. They're like, you know, people believe the fairy tale or they see the reality. And the historical reality of it is that they are using polypharmaceutical substances to the point that the communion is the ejaculation of what they call the sotera, right? She who is the savior. Again, this is centuries before Christianity comes out. All of it. You're going to say, what about the Moses and the serpent? All of it is part of Bronze Age oracular cult. When Moses has his tabernacle, his temple, his curtains, his tent, set up and they've got all the fumigations going on it's the voice of god that he is bringing it is still the oracular cult right so there's a lot of things going on that you don't that, that you know with the text that we no, just, no, no. because uh, our I, I can't really see it and i, I <clears throat> you there yeah ariel hello yeah, oh, uh you're cutting out because I think yeah, you're outside. Sorry, sorry, just keep talking. Well, yeah, I know, I know. Sorry. Uh, All right, I hear you, you now. Yes. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. So yeah, no, I I, I hear all that. That's that's uh, that's 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 the, you know, I mean, uh, one is inclined to to be sort of uh, uh you know, there's, <sighs> it's it's for for me it's uh it's less about uh the the actual significance of the the things but uh because they are they are they are they are somewhat uh uh 
uh, interchangeable and uh, subject to, uh, you know, they're, they're a little bit ambiguous in there and, and, and it's also subject to interpretation and it's all very, very much a dark art uh, uh, in a sense. It's all very much ritualistic. It's, it's all, uh, uh, to me, you know, prayer is, is, is akin to uh, uh, invocation, you know. Uh, uh, it's, uh, uh, you know, even just speaking as we do, uh, what are we doing? Where, where the, the, the words precede us, you know, they, they, uh, we were born, uh, and we have to learn the words, the words were, were around a lot, a lot long before we were born. So, uh, we are subject to their whim, you know, whatever kind of spirit is, is sort of dictating, the the words course through, 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 through the ages. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that, that actually, you know, it, it, it is a sort of a, uh, uh, there is another, there are other energies that are, that are using us as vessels to sort of, you know, uh, uh, play out something for them. And, uh, uh, but I think that that's, uh, the, the, the real message that I, that I take from, the Christian uh, Bible is, is, is one of, of simplicity and economy uh, of sorts. It's like, it's, it's a way to sort of, it's a grounding rod to sort of uh, uh, get at the essence of something and, and have it sort of ground you uh, so that you're not, uh, so that you're not like a, a, an antenna for a thousand different spirits that are basically vying for your attention and, uh, and uh, and just they're, they're not you know if you if you have some sort of uh, some sort of grounding or some sort of like you know uh, anchor to uh, to to the to the to the world or to 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 some sort of code, um, then maybe uh, you know you can you can be uh, uh, you you don't you don't risk uh, being com completely dominated by these things and I don't and, and, and I mean at the same time there's there's the will and then you know there's people's individual wills and of course you know there's you know we're all gods in a certain sense you know I mean we're all we all have that uh, but I, I think that like with six billion other gods on the planet it doesn't make our superpowers very very advantageous so there's there's some sort of there's there's got to be some sort of uh I don't know I it, it for me it's it's uh it's a lot simpler, but, but I, I, I don't, I'm not trying to debunk anything and I'm not, I'm not trying to, uh, uh, to, uh, scaremonger either. You know, I mean, I'm just, uh, I, so is it more like religion as a vehicle, like Mahayana Buddhism, Mahayana means great vehicle. It's a vehicle that people can get into in order to get to a certain destination without worried about being hijacked by some other God that's gonna, you know, take, take, uh, take your business away and like do certain things to you that you don't want to be done to you. Like in that sense, I could see Christianity working really well. Well, I mean, for instance, like there's, there's, uh, there's the, there's the, the very, very, uh, uh, well, well, uh, researched and, um, and vast world of, of, uh, of, of science, for instance, which I don't think really like, you know, goes one way or the other about, you know, with debunking anything, uh, with regards to God or anything like that. I don't think it has anything to do with it. I mean, it's, it's like, just like a totally separate question. I mean, it's, 
whether God exists or not is not uh, is not even the question. It's not like a it's it's it's, it's irrelevant. It's it's God is not like necessarily a thing that it, it, Jesus whether Jesus is the way or is it, I mean like whether he happened whether he existed whether or not it, it's really not the point. It's it's really just about like it's all it's all about humans you know it's all about what, what you know what it means to humans and um and uh, the significance that 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 it it has nothing to do with facts or science so science so i think it's a it's very um uh, uh in fact i think that like the science actually probably came, science came it sort of happened alongside christianity in, in many ways and 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 uh and and you know, I mean, it's been. I'd say that I'd say that more more about what the Greeks did. The, the Greeks. Yeah, it's exactly it's more about religion, what the Greeks did. And their theology exactly. went side by side with philosophy and science. And right. so, out of the Greeks, we get a lot of uh, you know, a lot of progress with science and medicine, the drugs, the the antikythera mechanism, which was an analog computer that they found in the middle of the sea from the first century BCE. Um, I want to say something real quick though about. Because it, it, even though it is symbolism and it can be reinterpreted and people do reapply these things, the author did. The author was getting. He was speaking on something literal here, and he reveals this in chapter seventeen, where he, he you know, he well, he says, "Here is a clue for one who has wisdom." And then he begins to reveal the mystery. He says that uh, the, the seven kings represent the the seven heads. And five have already fallen. One still lives. One is left yet to come. And out of that is two beasts, right? And he, and there's a way that we can reinterpret this because when you look at the seven kings, Augustus was the first real Roman emperor to have full monarch monarchy control, right? And if you count after, if you if you go from Augustus and you count up, you get Augustus, you get um, Tiberius. You get Caligula, you get Claudius, and then Nero. And then you're like, okay, so that's Nero's the fifth one. And uh, then the sixth one, but that brings us to, and you're thinking, okay, is it Otho? Is it Galba? Is it Vitell? But I think, here's what I forget. I think that those, during those civil war periods, during the year of the four emperors, the author revelation wasn't counting. Those are all rebel kings. He's, he's going straight from Nero to Vespasian. So Vespasian, who just was just was uh, he was the one reigning at the time, the one to come who's going to be here for a short while is his son Titus, who only reigns for two years. And then you get uh, the next coming of Nero, which people thought was Domitian. And so you have to, you have to realize that the second beast, whose number is 666, is Nero. Once you realize that, you were talking, okay, he's talking about historical events that already happened. The seven-year war is divided up into two, two parts, three and a half, three and a half. If you look, Nero caused the war on Jerusalem after he raided the temple in 66. And then in 70, the Jerusalem temple is destroyed. That's three and a half years. They settle down for a second. But then there's another revolt in Masada in 73. So there's your three and a half. There's your three and a half. The whole seven year war is a war against Roman Jerusalem, war or Judean Roman wars. And so he is speaking on historical events. Now, that's not to say that someone can't say, well, it happened then, but you can still reapply the text to future events. Fine. I mean, 
freedom is all anyone could say. I get that. That's the the nature of these prophetic texts is that they like Daniel. Daniel once met once was about Alexander the Great, and then later on it became about the Romans. People say that see that about uh, Daniel just like that revelation. So, but what I'm I guess my point is like the author revelation is he is writing about stuff. Lady Babylon, in my opinion, and and uh, Satan, the great serpent. I think what he's doing is he's taking paganism. And he's inca- he's pu- putting it as an incarnate deity, so paganism incarnate. And my and this is my takeaway from my research in the last couple of years, the 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 concept of Satan in, in the Christianity, not in Judaism, concept of, of Satan in Christianity is paganism incarnate, because in Judaism he's just an opposer. Yeah, you know that's what I think is going on right. here. And I, I think Revelation yeah. really kicks that well, off I mean, here. The, the... Ariel, go on. Well, I mean, it, 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 I mean, it mirrors like you know. There's the the whole. Oh, sorry. No, no, go on, go on, go on. Everything is at freeze. Yeah. Um. You got to find a good place to sit where yeah, there's not going to be any place, freezing. Man. Yeah, <laughs> that would be the optimal thing. And while we're waiting for Ariel to get back into connection, I want to say the animation that you guys are seeing on the screen, that's from ApocalypseAnimated.com by Nina Paley, who's going to be joining us in the second hour. And uh, yeah, be sure to smash that subscribe button. I see a lot of people, a lot of new people joining us here. Be sure to like and clicking the bell is extremely important. Anyway, Ariel, I think the connection is better. I just want to make sure you're in a good spot yeah. where it's not going to change your Around. no yeah, it's still no, bad I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying yeah, to stay in one spot it's just a... yeah but if the spot that you're staying in is not that good reception wise then you're leaving and coming back yeah in yeah anyway we're gonna figure this out but while we're figuring this out uh aman any thoughts on uh, what was discussed right now yeah i think it's important that we'd not leave out the naked boy that was with jesus when he was arrested at 4 a.m i think that element's important i look through the other end that ariel ariel and i are looking opposite ends he's talking about interpretation i go full out science and i'm like i don't want any interpretation i don't want any arguments i don't want any ideas i just want what that text says i was trained i was was trained as a classical philologist and, um, you know, they really they give you the understanding that you're guarding these sources, these resources. And so I just want to look at the text. And when I see the naked boy with Jesus and it fits with the title that he gives himself, he calls himself a, a trafficker of children. <laughs> and this is in the Bible. Right. I don't care about mythicism. I don't care about your religious views. I don't care about any of the political side all i want to know is what is that in that text when jesus Wait, what's the passage is, mark 14 mark 14 51 and 52 right when jesus, jesus gets arrested and when judas is approaching him with the a little boy in the, this is in the text by the way mark's the first gospel mark's the oldest gospel in the text it says that a little boy ran away naked no one ever talks about it you never hear about it in church why is that there and so that and i think amon is he Amon loves to talk about this, but I, I understand why. It's like, why does nobody ever talk about this? Well, first search result says young man. It doesn't say boy necessarily. Amon, it's, it's written in Greek, not English. Right, so. right. Okay. Let me, let me just say, let me just say okay. one thing, Lev. Let me just say one thing. Raise your hand if you read ancient Greek. 
Okay. You're teaching me right, something he, like this. He got, he got that. Okay, wait, wait. He's my teacher. Wait, 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 wait. So I'm going to tell you now. I'm going to put my name on the line there, and I'm going to tell you now what I tell my seminarian students. You have never read the Bible. You have never read the New Testament. You have never read it. They come in, and they're so mad. And by the end of uh, three semesters, um, they are proud of the fact that now they have actually worked it. I'm talking about science here. we got to go back to that text. It says that naked Neoniscos, which is a kid, it says that he's got a scene done, right, on his gumnos, on his nakedness, which the Greeks use that to refer to your genitalia, to your genitalia. <laughs> and the scene done, the scene done on the medical side is a wrap that you impregnate with a drug in order to induce a desired effect. The Medusae are doing this. They're making lateral slits in their skin, and they're taking these drug-penetrated linen wraps, and they'll rub the wrap as, it, as it's on the wound, and they'll take that drug in. And, you know, um, that's what they use on their arrows, right? And that's why they turn you to stone. There's a lot of pharmacology here that people are missing. I want to know what that naked kid is doing there with him, you know, regardless of the mythicism. Maybe he's on bath salts or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I love this comment, by the way. We have a comment from this dude, Stone White, who says, King James was the original. Quit lying. <laughs> There, there's an interesting legend about King James being written by William Shakespeare, but that's like a whole other rabbit hole. That uh... Shakespeare was a part of the king's court when the King James well, I mean, was written. He was a part of that court, so he was living well, right so, there. So where do, it was do, where do you know? Do you know Ammon, 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 Do you know Hebrew as well? Do you, do, you, do you read Hebrew? No, no. I lived no. for a year in Israel when I was working at a dig at Tel Megiddo, but and I learned a little bit of modern at the time just to help get by. But I don't step outside of my classical area. Neil yeah, does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Neil reads Hebrew. I can read it. I can read Hebrew. Yeah, I'm not. I can't. I'm not. I'm not going to be able to. I have to look stuff up. I can read the words. Yeah, I was he, in Israel and I was reading science. Read stuff. I can read it. Yeah, but I don't. I have to look stuff up though. Like I can sound out the words and read it. And so we so in front of me. I can read it. I have to look up the words though. Yeah, I, I can I can read the sounds. I just I don't know what I'm saying, but but, but you know. yeah, yeah, that's like beginner yeah, stage. But yeah. it's, it's interesting how we know how to like read it, but we don't. But we don't. We never learn. We never 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 learn what we're reading. You know, right? We we yeah. just can pronounce it. Yeah, pronounce the. You should but, take a you should take a look, Ariel. There's a whole set of languages that people have not yet translated that show up in the papyri Graeci Magikai, the Greek magical papyri. And they give them names. One of them was the tongue of the dragon. And they gave, they get they printed in, in Greek, they said this is the this is the letters that are used, like the Orphic letters are used by the dragon. And they give the name of the dragon. And it's in a language that you could never ever see. How do they describe the dragon? I just use, unfortunately, just a description. I'm going off a literary description that just says dracon. But within the cult, you know what a dragon is, right? People, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't introduce the dragon, right? Who's the dragon? The dragon is a specific group. It's a part of a college, right, that guards. They're usually temple guardians. 
they have they're in charge of some relic for example in the in the grove of mars right and for those of you who are uh, esoterically minded this will help situate you where we are in the grove of mars is a sacred tree and on the sacred tree is a pelt right on the skin of this pelt is written the song of lady babylon and a dragon guards that pelt and if you lick that song if you let that song into you you'll enter into communion yeah and you'll have that ionic life you don't have that ionic well, life like now right well it's, it kind of sounds like a like 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 the uh, the the book of genesis uh, you know the garden of eden and the snake and the tree and it it sounds sounds highly familiar well, uh, least, and, and i do and I, I i really do i do believe that that you know that us you know everyone sort of just reading that right off the bat before they're before they they know anything really i mean um, i, I want to stress is, uh, how know, important for, i want to stress how important the greek is because when you there's a there's a passage in revelation that makes no sense in English. If you read it in English, you're not going to be like, what the hell is going on? And then it talks about how Hades and death and the sea gave up their dead and then were cast into the fire. Nobody, if you, I, don't, I used to go to church all the time. No one ever explained this to me. And no one understood what it meant. In the Greek, it completely makes sense because Thanatos, Thassala, and Hades are three gods that are invoked in the Orphic Mysteries. Those are deities. So Revelation has some pagan pagan shit going on. There's those are three different. Oh yeah, gods. Oh, absolutely. Of course, no. It means all pagan. I mean, even even the the the, the Jewish stuff has has yeah, has, uh, absolutely has, has yeah. some pagan stuff. I mean, I mean, there's 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 the whole there's the whole. Um... Oh man. No, yeah, no, of course. Yeah. I mean, there's you know, and, and and I and I, I I fully subscribe to to, I think that like you know. Freud's cursory read of everything was the, in Moses and mono, monotheism is, is a pretty, a pretty, it, it's a pretty good, uh, it's a, it's a good kind of like approach sort of, sort of towards, towards, uh, getting at, uh, what might've actually been the case. I mean, I, I think that like, uh, that, you know, I don't know if you guys know about that. You guys, you guys are aware of, of Moses and monotheism. I mean, it's just the last, the last, uh, essay that Freud ever. Wrote, I haven't read it, but I'm, I know what you're talking about. Deathbed. Yeah, but 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 he, but it's a very very controversial uh, 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 theory that he has, and it and it really, I mean, what what he says is that like you know, is that Moses was was probably uh, a uh, a deputy or some sort of like you know uh, a, a priest from 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 the uh, Egyptian uh, from the Egyptian uh, uh, kingdom of Ankhenaten. And uh, and that you know he was Ankhenaten being the first monotheist uh, in in history that we know of. Uh, he basically outlawed all the Egyptian deities and and prayer of. I mean, he basically he, he pretty much did what Donald Trump did uh, to 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 us. Uh, but he did he he basically like uh, uh, outlawed all these things, and he 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 only. Uh, he he for, he forced everybody to he only uh, he they they focused on one deity he focused on one deity it was the sun god it was his it was ra or, or, or the uh, uh, yeah Aten, 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 yes. it was very unpopular so, so, um, it got reversed and, as soon as he died no, so, 
Um, but I just want to say, I want to, I'm going to leave one up you real quick. What was that? Uh, it, it was very unpopular, and as soon as he died, they replaced it back with the Amon and Osiris right. and Isis. Right, it was, it, was, it was like a very, very brief, there was a, there was a brief, there was a brief, uh, but, but, but it completely destroyed, like, you know, I mean, like, it was like a huge scandal. And, um, yeah. and, and so, so Freud's theory is that, is that, is that on the outskirts of, of, uh, of Egypt, you know, uh, uh, during this time, one of his, uh, one of his, uh, people, one of his sort of like, you know, top dogs or whatever that like was a station that one of the, his name was Moses and, uh, and that the, the Levites who, uh, went out into, uh, um, went, went they sort of went into exile, went into the desert, and they met up with some other, um, another Semitic tribe that was much more primitive, uh, that were enthralled to a volcano god named Yahweh, more or less. Yeah, and, he could uh, be right. And they, and, and that the Jew, was that? I was going to say, Hecateus of Abdera is a, Hecateus of Abdera is a 4th century BCE writer, the first person to ever write about Moses outside of any biblical text. And he talks about Moses, and he talks about the, there's there's the, the the chant Amen, and he uses Hallelujah, and one, another one of the court poets, Kalimachus, a couple uh, couple decades later, they're using these chants Hallelujah Amen in pagan settings for all the gods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I wanted to ask: What is the is Moses sticking that serpent poison up his rectum? Is that where he's getting it? Because he's bringing out the Draco, and he's got all of the cult. Uh, if you look at the Septuagint, the Greek lights up for the cult, right? There with what Moses is doing. So right. is Moses, do you guys think Moses, I mean, he's got the tent where you can, you can get so high they have to put a mm. rope on your leg, right, that they can pull you out. Well, you're talking about the pharmacology aspect of it, but what about the transcendental meditation aspect of it? If we're talking about something like Kundalini, for instance, where when you meditate, you also get the feeling like there's a snake that's going up through your spine into your brain. Yeah. Well, well here's, okay, so, so, so but, but, but going back to that, that Garden of Eden thing that, that, that we were talking about earlier, the, the, uh, the, uh because because i really do think that like you know it's to just gloss over it is 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 really the our initiation into into a world of make-believe that we never are able to basically uh, extract ourselves from ever again because totally. we, we just take it for granted and the ritual is literally us us reading that passage is us biting from the apple in the garden of eden like that that is that is that is our ritual and 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 we are we will be you know we will be doomed with knowledge from 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 now on. Well, why is knowledge a bad thing? I mean, we 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 venerate it. We, we, well, we you're what you're getting thing. at. What you're getting at is what the earliest Christians were debating early on. You had different sides of Christianity. With the so-called Gnostics thought that the the true sal salvation was biting that knowledge. That was a very but, popular idea in Christianity, but also in Revelation. They talk about the salt, the, the altar of Satan in Pergamum in chapter two. There, if you go to Pergamum, there actually is an altar to Zeus Amon, the highest god of the pantheon, horned Zeus, this devil character. And the Christians are saying that, and, and there's a frieze underneath them. This was built in the time of Augustus in Pergamum, and it's depicting a war in heaven. 
So Re- Revelation has war in heaven. The pulp, the altar at Pergamum, where Zeus Amon with the horn Amon, Zeus, where his, where he's where where they're sacrificing to Zeus in Pergamum, where they the author of Revelation is calling that the altar of Satan. So what's happening is you have these two two uh, opposing ideologies in theology and religion. The one of them is submitting to this one God and rejecting knowledge, rejecting society, become a hermit, live in the desert, uh, drop out of society. And on the other side, you have the people who say, attain no sin, yeah. get eat from the tree of knowledge and uh, go for lady, worship lady Babylon, worship that. So that's how you get these two opposing Satanism and Christianity, basically. That's well, so, 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 so the, the Freudian analysis that I've, that, that, that I like to like sort of, uh, I know it's very unfashionable, but like, uh, but uh, I, I think there's something to it. Um, if you were to take, to me, the 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 uh, the, uh, the story of the garden and of, of, of Adam and Eve is basically, it's um, it's basically like a, a a it's like a sort of a, a, a dumbed down for children kind of uh, a, a lullaby or some sort of some, some something that like basically like a an older man with like you know who doesn't want to corrupt the mind of like. A, a five-year-old who's questioning where he came from. So his grandpa is basically telling him, uh, and I don't know who if his grandpa is, is Adam or if it's Adam's uh, son or whatever. But like, but uh, but the point is that like uh, there, there seems to be uh, the question about like where 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 is mom and where, where, where did um, where did I come from and that kind of stuff. And I feel it's like the like the birds and the bees kind of thing. So so so. If you think about it like that, and you take it more or less literally, the, the story of sounds like to me uh, like you know uh, you have Adam and Eve uh, are these are these two people, a man and a woman, a man and a woman who maybe haven't had sex yet, and uh, but but they uh, for whatever reason uh, uh, Adam uh, uh, tells Eve. Uh, uh, on God's command, I guess, uh, you know, supposedly that, that, that she doesn't go to like the, the, uh, edge of, of the, uh, of the, of the plot, you know, basically like, like there's a tree at the, at the furthest end of the, of the garden in their backyard or whatever. And that's yeah. the, that's where the neighbor is. Okay. That's where the neighbor resides. And, and he instructs her to, you know, tend the garden, but not, 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 not go to that, that one tree, because I think it's, there's Wilson, on the other side of that gate, you know, and 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 I think that like uh, that the snake is really just a um, a metaphor for uh, uh, for for the other man that's basically on the other side of the. It's the also gate. the serpent is also the symbol of the mysteries of like this like the the symbol of medicine having the serpent. That's the. But it's rod also of it's also the symbol. The pagans, that's what but I'm saying. Also, is, but it's also the pagan. penis, okay? It's also right, the, but let, let me just say, let me just blow your mind. Let me blow your mind for a second. Let me blow your mind for a second. One of the chants in the Eleusinian mysteries was the most famous mystery cult in all of the world, basically. Everybody wanted to go. You had people from India, traveling from India all the way to Greece to get initiated into the Eleusinian mysteries right next to Athens. They, they had a chant for Persephone. Persephone was the queen of the underworld. She's the daughter of Demeter. Her, her chant is Ewa, Ewa, Ewa. It's a Bacchic chant. It's spelled the same. Sounds like the Song of Babylon. 
She takes a bite of the pomegranate and she gets stuck in Hades. Ades, Ades, as might be etymologically connected to Adam. The Ades, Adam. Anyways, long story short is instead of getting kicked out of paradise, she's stuck in Hades. But in this sense, she becomes the queen of the underworld. She's empowered by it. So there's two different philosophies being baked within this text. Well, I, 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 I personally think that like that 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 she Eve wasn't honest with Adam, uh, and I think that like uh, that she she had an affair with with the neighbor. Okay, she 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 took his seed. She took his knowledge, quote unquote. I think that's just the. But I think the only the only thing the text says, though, the only liar it says explicitly is God, right? Yeah, well, 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 well. The it, point it, is, the point is that, like, I, I think points it's, that it's, out. He's like, hey, this dude's lying to when you. Did the serpent lie? It's, it's, it's a book of you're gonna, it's a book your by, eyes by are going to be open. Wait, wait, one at a time, everybody, one at a time. A man wrote the book. Okay, I mean, a man, a man. Uh, like, I, like I said, this is a this is Obviously. a story that 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 he's telling to. To, to to his grandson who's asking questions and he doesn't want to you know he's 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 beating around the bush he's trying to find a way to explain it to him in so many ways that doesn't like you know and, and I'm sure he's probably like also uh, it, 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 it it's it's a blow to his ego to think about it this way he doesn't want to say that that uh, that there was another uh, that 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 Eve uh, that he was a, a that that the kid was a product of of the infidelity okay that's that that's this is the thing this is the thing like like the the son was basically a a, a product of this uh, of this of a pregnancy that happened and they hadn't even had sex yet and so, so this is between Ad, adam and eve uh, uh hadn't had sex she gets pregnant and then basically it's with the neighbor's wife with the neighbor's uh scene. so 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 uh uh and 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 the story that she that's that's told to the kid is basically not that he's a that he's a, 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 a child of you know the one who, the one who raised him is 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 Adam so 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 that's that's the key so the kid the kid was a was a was a bastard of sorts what happened with Eve after this did, did, did Eve uh, uh, she she bore there was Seth there was uh, yeah there was Seth but before Eve there was also Lilith which a lot of people forget but uh, she is linked to another pagan goddess right 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 well I mean all of them are like basically there's there they're all there's all these like uh, you know there's the Sethians there's the Lil there's the Liliths there's all these the Gnostic there's the Gnostic uh, 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 pantheon or whatever whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, yeah, well, the, 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 the Lilith is like a desert-dwelling spirit that is surrounded by satyrs, which did are... You notice, did you notice, Neil, that's where the woman in Revelation 12 goes? She goes, Ace Eremon. Yeah. She goes into that spot. So you can see within the cult where what's what's actually going on. But I'm, what I'm only saying is this is the most important thing of everything we're talking about, because we can imagine a, a grandfather telling a story to his son. Or that's one way to look at it. But what I'm only saying is... There is cultic imagery being cast onto the reader. Desert, serpent, fruit of knowledge. This, These are all repurposed symbols that mean right. something to the to people. It's embedded within culture. We, that's why- Very we, young Ian. Very Rod young. of Asclepius, mm -hmm. young, young wrote about this all this whole career. Yeah, this is- the, yes. That Rod of Asclepius being the symbol of medicine. That's the serpent, right? Sure. There, there's, yep. It's playing off that same riff, basically. Sure. Mm. Yeah. But I want to throw this into the conversation. So 
even though people would say, well, Christianity just happened to be the religion that people ended up embracing, if we look at the entire uh, world that we're in as one where everything happens for a certain reason, then maybe there is a certain reason at play as to why there are so many people today that think we are in revelation and that think that certain technologies that are coming about, be it, you know, certain medicinal things or uh, the Elon Musk uh, Neuralink microchip, where they look right, at right. these things, they compare it to the mark of the beast because the comparisons, I think, are pretty, pretty apt. I think, I think, I think there's, 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 a, there's, a, there's a very... You know, I mean, the the the, the whole idea of, uh, of at the end of the Ghostbusters, you know, when they say, like, you know, clear your mind, don't think of anything. And then all of a sudden the state puff marshmallow man sort of like kind of comes out of nowhere. And because because uh, Dan Aykroyd's character uh, 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 tried to think of something so harmless, basically. Um, and uh, and yet, you know, this 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 mush this this marshmallow thing is destroying new york uh, um I, I think it's it's that there there is there's like the, uh, the psychological interpretation which is that there's there is a a a an in there's there's it's kind of like one sin on top of another or like one one sort of faux pas on top of another and it's sort of like you know things getting lost but like basically underneath everything there's a a repressed knowledge of of something that basically manifests itself with it, uh, uh, afterwards it's it's sort of like the the creature of of uh of our sub, of our unconscious that basically gets you know that's sort of, sort of self-fulfilling prophecy essentially uh but and and, and a fair amount of projection well a fair amount of projection uh, is involved with that so so uh so 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 for instance like uh there could be a lot of guilt associated with uh, some of these uh, um, stories and, and and these symbols, uh, uh, and a and a an intentional mudding up of the of the facts, uh, it, trying to sort of like pave over um, some inconvenient truths uh, in order to 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 make something palatable for for one other end or or, or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So 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 there's a lot of uh, it's kind of like you know like a like reading a uh, you know, like a, a, a an exquisite corpse, basically, and just basically trying to extrapolate some sort of divine uh, uh, meaning behind it, and or some intention behind it. But it's really just a a catalog of of of, of a series of errors or a series of of of, uh, of lies, and 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 uh, and we're supposed to basically like, and we take that to be the the sort of like the the ultimate book. We you know that we uh, that we uh, that we that we refer to, so so it's 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 a kind of like an interesting conundrum. I mean, the Bible would never be uh, uh, admissible in a court of law as like a sort of a verifiable text because it's, there's no author. There's for one thing, there's nobody taking any kind of credit for it. It's probably the result of several authors. I mean, do you think that if 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 the first author uh, knew that like the next author would come around in a hundred years and uh, add to it? Uh, uh, you know, in, in the name of God, I mean, that they probably went different in the first part. Well, the, the it was never part. considered to be like one book, right, Neil? Like in the uh, Hebrew uh, Torah, that was considered to be, a, what it was, a library? Or how how would you say exactly, like, what exactly? It's the, the, the first five books, right? I mean, it's yeah. Like, yeah, the Septuagint was translated in Egypt, in Alexandria. And then that's when you start getting compiles of books put together. The Torah is the Hebrew version of that. And 
the the we don't no no you don't there's no mention of Torah or anything until after the Septuagint uh, is made. By the way, so what was it called? It was just called the five books. There was, of no, Moses. they were just they were just papyrus. They were just papyrus scrolls that were in circulation all by themselves. Mm. Right, and then they get compiled together, and then you have this tradition basically in Jerusalem where these priests are worshiping Yahweh. Hmm. Well, what about during the Babylonian captivity? Was there any writing at all mentioning like, hey, these these crazy Hebrews, they're, you know, starting to write all the stuff down, you know, what's what's going on with them? Or is that all buried and we don't know exactly what it, what went down during the Babylonian captivity when, from what I understand, a lot of these uh, books started to make themselves uh, uh, available? Yeah, oh, no. this is such a problem. Can I just chime in? Sure, this is such a problem in antiquity that they have people who are setting texts, right, who are working on them, who are saying um, Africanus, for example, um, is having a debate. And he says, hey, this is not originally um, uh, Hebrew. It can't be. It's using colloquial Greek. And they're going back and forth. Before the Septuagint, you don't have a Bible, right? You don't have it. It doesn't exist. Right. Until somebody can get in a time machine and go dig it up. Doesn't exist. So our earliest form is that Greek form. And um, I wanted to just add, I've got one thing I want to throw out there just to, as a, a lure. Um, we have in our possession, everybody has access to it. We have in our possession preserved by Galen the um, formula for the creation of the Medusa under Nero. Nero was the one who got it through his arch physician um, who uh, acquires this in the East and brings it back to Nero. It's a formula for creating the vessel. When you look in Revelation and you see the cup of adultery, that, that word porneia in Greek, you can translate that as fornication. You can translate it as adultery, but you can also translate right. it as temple worship. So her cup of temple worship, which she is producing, uh, Nero ends up with the compound formula to turn the person into that cup. And uh, we have it. It's in dactylic hexameter because it comes from the Orphic hymn tradition, which is 800 years previously right, to the first century, Anno Domine. So we'll, I just want to throw this out there. If you're talking about, Ariel's talking, he's looking at things from a psychological standpoint, analyzing, boom, boom, boom. I get that and I follow that. What if we want to step outside and we want to say, in a practical world, we have the means to create the original communion. That thing that Jesus that Moses, that they're all drawing on, we have a way of reproducing that thanks to the, um, the work of a guy named Nero, who, um, yeah, who some people might think was a bad guy, who said, by the way, you know, it's the Christians who burned down Rome, right? <laughs> right? It's the Christians. Ultimately, with Christians, you get insurrection and you get destruction. That's what well, you get you get that from Jews too. So, yeah. so, so I mean that that that's that's the seed. That's you know I mean Jesus. What is that? Is it a monotheistic thing? Is it? A, I, I think what, what I think it's specific, I think it's specifically. Um, I think it's it's the kernel of of 
uh, Judaism. That's it, I think that it, it, it is a uh, it, it is our. It, I tend to think that it's basically it's it's a it's a creature of our making, and 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 anybody who basically like you know uh, is is it's our it's our sort of our fate. We have we have a a, a catastrophic kind of like a fate in 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 just embedded in our. I mean we're. we're we're, we're, we were a, a well. It's funny. We have a catastrophic fate, yet we still keep existing, no matter what civilization happens to come and go. We're still well, because around. Well, I, I think because I think that, that the 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 sin of of the Jews is 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 in their their lack of spirituality. Uh, and and I mean, I, I think that like the the reality is that like you know they having having had this sort of like a having having been given. The tools uh, are sort of being the chosen people, I guess, and you know, having this 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 relationship with uh, with the the one true God. Uh, uh, it was and 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 actually, you know, writing you know writing the Bible in in Hebrew and 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 keeping the language around essentially uh, verbatim, so that they could actually never have to deal with uh, with any kind of translation issues and they keep it word for word that was that was that was a way to sort of just preserve you know uh preserve the uh preserve the, the bible you know like it, so so that that so that 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 there wouldn't be any kind of uh uh any kind of uh any kind of ambiguity as to and what you're, you're saying that from like a christian perspective as in like how I'm, they i'm saying it from a from a jew from a jewish perspective it was the fact that like hebrew is still spoken today uh, uh, the language that 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 the that the Bible was written in. I mean, I think that that's that that's was not exactly way. the same. The modern it's Hebrew not exactly the same. same. Not yeah. exactly the same. I get it, but like, but 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 it's close enough that basically that there's no there is no uh, uh, ambiguity as to what the what the text actually said. And I think I mean it just 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 take them at their at my, take them at their word for a second. It's like it's it's uh, uh, if that's the case, then. Then um, it doesn't really solve another issue. It, 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 it's 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 meant to solve that issue uh, to keep the word sacred and keep it keep it uh, holy and keep it uh, uh, you know keep the secret with them with those who have the language. Uh, when I was on a when I was on an archaeological dig in Israel for that year that year over a little over a year that I was there I partied with all sorts of Israelis who didn't consider themselves chosen and had complete contempt for the religion. Yeah, I mean, well, these the, were hardcore. The, Most of them had just had just been cycled through the military, right? But it's also, just, also, they were just stationed. What what do you do with those guys, Ariel, who don't who don't have that exclusivity? They're not like, Well, you have to ask yourself what, what, what Judaism is. I mean, like I mean it, it, it goes back into to the to the, the question of because it's sort of it's it's pre-religion. It's pre. It's 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 a race. It's but it's a bloodline. It's a uh, it's a history. It, but, I would disagree with that because I no, think but, Judaism, but, but, Judaism but, comes out of a tradition of a world where there's many gods. Whereas in your temple, you devote to the one god that you have that rules your land. Athena rules Athens. Serapis rules Egypt. Yahweh right. rules Jerusalem, but, 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 but they but, went but, so devoted to this one God, it becomes monotheistic eventually. They, 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 it's not, beyond it's the not monotheism. pre-religion; they, they, it's post-religion. They, they, they right, well, well, right in, in that definition of religion. But, but what I'm saying is, that like, they, they really are the um, 
they took the youngest god and they made him the fucking uh, the uh, the, uh, the the alpha and omega. And right. they, they 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 made they just basically every other god has has more or less fallen by the wayside uh, and become you know fallen out of popularity uh, since then. There's only one god that 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 really uh, even has any kind of uh, footprint uh, uh, right now, and that's that's the Jewish god, the same god as as Allah, the same the same god as the Christian god. So so I don't know what that I mean. What what is that? Well, you know, I, I think it has something to do with the fact that there's that it's a portable God. I think it has to do with the fact that like, you know, um, it, it, you didn't have to take, uh, you, you don't have to like see it, see a, a giant, uh, idol, uh, you know, it, it, that's, not, that's not how you sort of point to the presence of it. It's, 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 it's invisible. It's, it's, it's nowhere. It's, it's, it's in the word. It's in the, what the thoughts of the Hebrews, they were able to, to roam around and, uh, and, and mix with, uh, with other civilizations, uh, uh, while sort of keeping their own God to themselves and in their mind and in their, in, in the words. So, uh, so that made it, uh, a very, very, um, a very, uh, I think, I think that that just sort of, that kept it, that kept it going. I think that, that, that it, it, for a people that basically have no army and no means of, uh, of, uh, of protecting themselves against, uh, you know, powerful, uh, armies and and uh, and and other stuff. I think that the only uh, the only thing that they could uh, do to uh, to survive was uh, was have this 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 thought this thought in their mind this 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 thought form uh, the, uh, that you know each and every single one of them would would understand what it was in their own way. And um, but uh, but. Uh, I think that like the natural consequence of that is that you have somebody like Jesus who comes around and, uh, you know, promises to, to WikiLeak that, that, uh, that, uh, secret about God, the, the Jewish God, uh, uh to, uh, to everybody. So, so, it, you know, that's going to catch on like wildfire, uh, uh, just as a, you know, it's as far as like cults go, it's pretty, how do you sign up to, uh, to, to get everlasting life, you know, to get, to enter into heaven. Uh, oh, well, you know, you just have to, you don't have to sign anything. You just have to basically like hear the story, uh, uh, and, uh, and accept, uh, Jesus into your heart. So I think that that's, that, that's a lot that less means, rules though, than, uh, what's it's under le- it's Judaism. less rules than AA, you know what I'm saying? It's, <laughs> it, it's kind of like, it's kind of the best deal ever. And I think that like, that, that, that's what made it so appealing and, and it, mm. it made it so successful, uh, was, was just that yeah. you really just had to have this thought form in your mind. Uh, uh, and, and, and you, you learn the history of, I mean, Jesus was arguably the best Jew or the worst Jew uh, one way, whichever way you want to cut it. But I mean, but I mean, uh, he definitely does it, knew bother, his... does it bother you, Ariel, that at the time these mystery religions are being performed, that Jesus is involved in, that they involve um, children sexually and the collection of semen from children? I've read. Well, I mean, ones. yeah, I mean, I, I think that like there was also the 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 environment was ripe was was ripe for somebody like Jesus to come along. I mean, there were there were all sorts of other her, her, heretics and and sort of like you know offshoots that were happening that were happening around the time because i think there was a lot there was the hellenistic influence that was that was that had permeated and they creeped into uh, uh judaism by that point uh 
so that's that it was you know and 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 the and the Jews were corrupt as as they said by that point I mean the the the, the Pharisees and uh that and so so wait, so wait that, doesn't Amon mean uh that within Christianity though that that was the case Amon can you make uh that clear because I want to make sure we understand you yeah I'm talking about all this oh, oh microphone Oh, I'm talking about all the sexy ones, right? All the the Ophites, right? We can also talk Gnostics, but I'm saying in the Hellenistic lead up that you're talking about, Ariel, when you go to these synagogues, I went to a Hellenistic synagogue, and you know what? It had Greek all over it, and it had the um, the god of the Ion, which was fantastic. I mean, it made sense to me as somebody who'd been across those texts before. It made sense to me. But yeah, you're right. We're coming out of this where those those naked boys are involved in those rites, right? There's stuff going on, and there's it's it's down to the point of of, of yeah. You and I can worship Zeus who drinks out of Ganymede. What? Yeah, you know they have the phrase drinking from the cup of Ganymede. That's the that young boy that Zeus adopted to bring it, be his cupbearer in the heavens. That and, nectar and comes from his anus. I've shown Neil. <laughs> Yeah. Right, it's, where, in the where the, it's all in the where text. text Sorry, it comes from his anus, right? There's a, there's a, a direct association. I think well, the anus the, killed in Ariel. Athens. In Athens, there, there's a. I'm pretty sure it's in, it's in one of these Puerolites texts where they talk about these erotic epigrams, and they they talk about how they're the young boys in Athens would be given away by their parents to some priesthood to get initiated. Is a pre-pubescent boy, and a lot of times these initiation was there's something there's erotic things happening in these initiation rites. You know, right? Amon knows exactly what I'm talking about. He's been no, no, I mean that's that, that was that, that's that's uh, we all know we all know that that. that but eventually, a... did Christianity put an end to a lot of those things? Like as Christianity started to evolve into what it is today. I mean, well, obviously, not. Yeah. well, not. The, the Catholic Church and all right. that. I mean, yes, that's but, what uh, Amon wrote a book about this subject, right, Amon? Yeah, uh, child abuse, ritual child abuse in the early church. Um, one of the professors that I work with said, "This is what's getting you fired, <laughs> right?" Because yeah. I wrote a book about it, but. Um, yeah, they're going through ritual abuse in the early church, and it m melds perfectly with this period of time when they're saying, we have to take out the drugs from the communion. They try to sit, and all of a sudden, all these other people who are using the drugs become heretical, right? So, yeah, those drugs are there. And by the way, for those of you who feel safe, right, because you're coming through Moses— um, you're not because those same terms are the ones that you see Moses using, yeah, right? Yeah. He is entering that arena. So it, um, it, it's like a, the linguistics are like amber. They can, can preserve your DNA perfectly. And so the way that that tent in the wilderness is first referred to is a telesterion. That's a place where you come to meet the God as the oracle. Yeah. I mean, and that tell root is just the complete, that's the initiation. Of course, you have to have a priesthood for that, right? And it involves snakes and it involves old, old rites. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I guess what I chase with Neil and why I'm persistent with Neil is saying, uh, look at these things that are in those texts that we never discussed. Nonus, for example, this is the last one I'll throw in there. Nonus tells us that that vinegar the quote-unquote vinegar that Jesus was offered on the cross 
was an antidote for the dipsas poison. Now you go look at the Byzantine Geoponica, which is a drug manual slash farming almanac, um, and it has in it um, the vinegar. It calls the vinegar uh, recipe for the antidote. And why would he be taking dipsas? Dipsas makes you thirsty, right? It's a it's a venom that causes you to have the unquenchable thirst, right? You can drown somebody. They'll still be wanting to drink. But it is also part of the mystery communion. He's got to have it on board. And Galen says that prepubescent um, excreta, that prepubescent ejaculation is what contains the galene. The galene is is the antidote to, it means calm, heart, uh, calm seas, Galena. And that is the antidote to the crazy dipsass that he's got on board, which you can't get by swallowing. They administer it either to the eyes, and you are known by having a purple band across your eyes, or the purple anus. And we have a great passage um, about applying the dildo, the medicated dildo, um, and how to use it in Ritu. We actually have it in right with Petronius, right? And Did uh, you learn this in jail? What's that? <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. No, I was the one that went to prison. I was the one. Hey guys, hey guys, I, I I'm sorry I have to do this, but I, I gotta I gotta I gotta gotta run. But that's, that's that right. was that hey, was man, really we'll I, if I if you don't mind, I'm, I'm gonna get your contact number from from Lev and I wanna get you on my I wanna channel. get both of you guys' contacts. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Awesomeness, thank you, Ariel. So much. It's always a it's always a great pleasure to have you on, brother. Oh, I hope man. to speak to you real soon. Take take care, guys. Bye. Take care. Now I am going to see where exactly Nina's is, Nina Paley, because she is supposed to come in on the stream. She was feeling a little bit uh, weird because of the vid. She recently got the vid, but she was feeling a little better. So I'm going to call her right now and see what exactly is up. But while I'm calling her, Neil, what do you think about Amon's uh, very interesting uh, revelations here about how a lot of this stuff works? When I first interviewed Amon, I, I interviewed Dr. Kyle Ruck. Everyone knows Kyle Ruck. He was with, you know, who was on Jordan Peterson's channel. He's the guy who was writing about the Eleusinian mysteries and how they're using psychedelics. People pushed back on him for a long time. And then his work was vindicated through archaeology and, and new, new things being revealed. Anyways, I had him on. I got, got a hold of Dr. Amon as well. Had him on my channel. And he came out fiery with things I've never heard before. And I was just like, what is this dude talking about? This is, this is out. This is crazy. But I'm telling you, everything he said, I mean, I looked into it was true because it's all in the sources. He's not telling you some theory from some professor at Yale. He's telling you stuff that's in the sources from ancient Greek that you can go and look up, that you can go and find. It's all backed up. Like, and that's why I'm like, you might, some of the stuff you might be hearing, if you're watching this right now, you're probably like, these guys are out of their minds. Just look into it. Just check on check on what he's saying. He's not lying. Yeah, and that happens. That happens all the time. People come back to me and they're like, "I thought you were just exaggerating." No, no, no. When I'm talking about these drugs and the cult, I'm talking about texts that I've seen, and I can give you sources. Um, uh, Doctor Carl Rock was uh, uh, is a um, friend. I would consider him a friend. Um, and he, I was told about him after my dissertation got censored. They said, you have to take out the chapter on recreational drugs. The whole thing was about Roman pharmacy. 
right? And they said, you have to take out the section on recreational drugs because they didn't want, you know, it, I guess it looks bad for the Romans that uh, very important people, artists and leaders, statesmen, you know, Augustus was a huge junkie. Marcus Aurelius was on, was on Poppy, which is yeah. heroin. Yeah, Marcus Galen had to adjust the dosage of Marcus Aurelius's daily opium because he said he was getting too used to it that he needed a stronger. He's dosage. the stoic. He's the face <laughs> of stoicism. The, the, the man who everyone looks when you think of stoicism, you think of Marcus Aurelius. He's he's on dope, dude. Like that's crazy. So they didn't want to hear it, but you know they had kept Karl Ruck um, silent for years because he had been saying. There are drugs involved in the Ellicinian mysteries. And that was such a, the culture in education was so adverse to that mm. because we were the anti-drug generate. We were Nancy Reagan's people. There, you know? yeah. Now, right? far from dawning here in the chat says, please list sources. So where can people confirm what you're saying right now? Yeah, for those of you who want to see Augustus, um, not, um, I want uh, Augustus, the Augustus, right? As a drug user, Go to Scribonius Largus. Scribonius Largus. He was a first-century Roman physician with the military. He wrote um, he wrote a book called the Compositiones. It's a, basically a whole bunch of prescriptions, and in it he talks about not only the cult prescriptions for the things that you shouldn't know about, because he was having to create antidotes. Right? He wasn't creating himself. He was finding them. And other sources and so he's got antidotes for all those popular cult drugs but he also has some personal favorites because he's uh he's close to the emperor so he's able to get access to the to the library and he knows um what where these uh, so, uh antidotes are so anyway you want to see augustus on drugs go to that um galen has uh, plenty of comments on marcus aurelius and his shape um, Galen's the best source. For those of you who are saying, look, this guy's nuts. He's talking about a bunch of things that are just crazy about drugs and sex and cult. Go to one word. It's called Galen's Antidotes. There are literally thousands of pages of untranslated pharmacology. Thousands of pages. And in Galen's Antidotes, he will explain to you not only current thinking of how the drugs are being used by the body and how the physician incorporates them into his uh, activity, but also the history of how these dotes and antidotes developed. They are using, and he points back to, um, to the Egyptians allowing the Greeks to use drugs on uh, prisoners. And um, in order to do experimentation way back in Hellenistic Greek, right? Well, like the Hellenistic uh, MK Ultra. Yeah, MKO. What was the MKO? MK Ultra was a program that was devised by the CIA uh, for uh, mind control using LSD. So I guess you could say that back then that was their MK Ultra using whatever they had to uh, get information from the, uh, what was it, the Spartans or the, uh, uh, I don't know, the Babylonians or the Iranians. That's what Pliny said, Lev. Pliny said exactly that. He said the Magi are the ones to call in to question people when you've got conspiracies. Because he said they'll give you a drug that'll make you super, super afraid. Right? He describes it like it's a psychosis. And then the Magus will come in when you're under the influence and will make these funny movements and these, you know, let the God possess him to the guy and the guy's screaming, ah. 
telling him this telling him i mean all the secrets you want to get out of him so there's a part of this tradition is there and they're doing this from georgia they're doing it from ancient georgia this stuff all goes back to bronze age georgia and the influence of the scythian well georgia azerbaijan like that was where the mithraic cults were yeah Mm -hmm. They um, call so, Medea Mithra. They call Medea yeah. Mithra for a reason. So, so what we're so what we're getting here, by the way, real quick, what we're getting here is that the Magi were ancient CIA. That's what I'm getting from this. Let me throw a couple more sources that people might be interested. In. So, uh, and this is actually a Christian source. It's Clement of Alexandria. He writes. It's called the Protecticus. It's exhortation to the Greeks, and he writes about the rites of the Eleusinian mysteries and what's going on in there. He gives a lot of this, a lot of this orgiastic image. He writes about all this stuff, stuff that was supposed to be secret for initiates only. Somehow he gets a hold of this information and he just completely re- reveals it all. That's one of the good sources, I think. Pausanias' description of Greece, he's just—it's filled with so much cultic stuff. He's just going along, along all the temples of Greece and explaining all the stuff that's going on there. Um, and then there's the, the if you want to know about the festivals of Attis, where they cut off their testicles and get castrated. Celestius is a uh, source for this. Uh, Julian the Apostate is also a source for this. And Arnobius, uh, A-R-N-O-B-I-U-S. This is all out there. This is all out there for you to grab and go look into. Just read the primary sources. Don't read someone else's opinion. Get it's, your own fun. opinion. it's fun when you are reading those primary sources and you see all of the good stuff, like the sex drugs and how they're used. And you realize, oh, it makes sense then that the dragon is consuming that fetus. The dragon is taking, the dragon is taking his communion from her. And while she is ejaculating, she is extruding because they use abortifacients. She, the oracle can't become pregnant, right? It's the rule. I don't know. It messes with hormones. It does something weird so that they can't enter whatever state they're entering. She actually gives him that um aborted fetus and this becomes such a big deal in the mystery that some the early christians are getting charged with taking their fetal excrement and baking it into bread that they then use in communion which makes perfect sense um uh ritualistically makes perfect sense for the time and it fits the context and you're like oh maybe those accusations weren't because the Christians, well, it, it, all, it also reminds me of the accusations they leveled the Jews with the matzahs. And there are demons that come out of those Jewish altars, right? We all know that. What the heck does that mean, right? When they're saying there are demons that come out. You know, the Christians that were abusing children um, said that if you defile a child, it can't be then possessed by the pagan demon, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> Well, because it's already been possessed by one. So it's like <laughs> sloppy seconds. I don't know. That's horrible. I'm horrible. Anyway, you, you understand what I'm saying. Like, it's a very weird situation when we have all these revelations come up. Like, speaking of Book of Revelation, these are the revelations that I don't think a lot of people know about. But I don't really think it changes the quality of a sober-minded individual citizen of the United States who goes with his family to church on Sunday and does the barbecue, you know, like whatever horrible things ended up leading up to where we are today and getting to where we are today, there was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears and horror and uh, uh, cruelty that went into creating any kind of an advanced society. So the question is like, okay, what do we do with this information? 
Are we going to give up the vehicle? Or are we going to give up Christianity when it's something that unites us together as, uh, and I'm not saying us specifically here in this uh, call, uh, Ariel aside, uh, it's something that unites a lot of people into just at the least having an excuse to get together and understand each other a little bit better. And I don't see anything wrong with that. United, united under pedophilia. Originally, what yeah, was I, pedophilia? I, I, I disagree. That's I my think... only problem, Lev. What do you? Like, what do you? Hey, let me jump in. Let me let me just say this. I don't okay. mind the, the guy you just the the scenario yeah. you just relayed to me. Some guy who goes to church and he's whatever. He, I don't care about that. But what I do want people to realize is that there's other Christianity is not the only thing you can. There's only religion that exists, and it comes out of a certain time period where there's all these other methods and. All these other different kinds of Christians existed. All these other kinds of uh, cults existed, and those those paths should be available to people as well. I'm not just but, saying that everyone should be atheist. I'm saying everyone should have their there should be more diversity in the religious world. But this goes back to a different argument of when you have the mindset of the average normie human being that, well, you know what, this one's not so special, why don't I choose something else? That something else that might be chosen may be way more horrible than whatever it is that they already that, have. Because that, when the person has well, a free that, reign that, to do whatever they want. That's a hypothetical thing that you just said. I don't think it's hypothetical at all. I think it's a matter of if there's if no if there's no pressure. What if it is? If there's no pressure that's applied to a human being in their life, like if there's no excuse, oh well, you don't have to get up. You can just lay in bed all day, eat chips, and play video games. If that's, that's your religion, that's freedom. That's not freedom because freedom that's, is also freedom. Freedom, freedom is, is freedom. also freedom from freedom. having these no. desires that carry you into a bad state. Freedom I mean, sure, you can say you're being sure. allowed to destroy yourself. That's freedom. Okay, look, you can destroy what yourself. What you're talking about is Saudi Arabia or or Iran. That's bullshit. There's oh, a gradient to that. No. On the far end, there's Saudi Arabia. On the less farther end, there's like a family that makes yeah, sure that their kids doesn't go out and adding, do drugs. You're adding more freedom to the equation, more liberalism to the equation. Of course, and I'm not opposed. You know me, you know that I'm not opposed to liberalism. But my point is that when you completely open the door and say, you know what, none of these traditions matter. You guys just do whatever the hell you want. Then that? the structure. Who said that? When you're talking about giving people choice to have a lot of these different religions, the only concern that I have is that this bedrock system that they have, that just like it's regular truth, people though. have, if it's, it's truth. if it fades, I don't know if they're going to be able to grab onto something well, guess what? as tangible. If tomorrow an asteroid falls from the sky and kills me, then this nothing. You're just throwing out if this, if that. What does that even mean? I'm talking about people understanding where these religious ideas come from and being able to recreate or go back and start something based off the real rights the truth where's theology actually comes from orpheus the original theologian i'm trying to bring people back to that that I gives, agree. Me, a, that gives okay. me a that gives me a mental erection what yes better, i'm glad it does but you guys are talking about the Kelsus, intellectuals. Kelsus is right. Christianity is a degradation of the rights. But you guys are talking about the intellectuals, such as yourselves. You're talking about people who have the ears to hear what you're saying. Most people don't have the ears to hear that you're, what you're saying. And for most people, if you tell them, well, you know what, guys? What you do is just like this derivative whatever. They're going to say, all right, well, what do I do? Okay, then I'm just going to, I don't know, I'm just going to go and uh, eat chips all day and not care about improving myself. You know, like that's... That's not them. It's on them. 
That's it's, my son eating chips and playing video games all day. <laughs> all, I'm, all I'm saying is that we gotta be we gotta be careful when it comes to breaking the hearts of a lot of these people that put in a lot of time and energy and devotion into believing that this certain way the world works is it. And I'm not saying that there's not gonna that's, come a time. I'm shit, not bro. saying that there's not gonna come a you're time saying, when it's gonna let change. The Wizard of Oz stay behind the curtain. That's bolt. No, that's false. I reject that. One piece at a time. That's all I'm saying. If all we're right. talking about changing people's minds, let's first approach the people who are strong enough to be able to deal with having their mind changed and then trying to adopt something where they're going to have a uh, good control over themselves. And I understand you guys are pointing out things like uh, these great Roman emperors, you know, like the Stoics, that they were all a bunch of drug addicts. Fine, you know, nobody's perfect. But if those were like, if that's the example of like the great ones, if that's the example of the people whose books we read, imagine what the rest of them are like. You know what I'm saying? Imagine what the rest of the people are like when you tell them, you know what, you guys could do whatever the hell you want, uh, go nuts. And I think we're kind of seeing it today. I think we're kind of seeing it today when it comes to a lot of things that are going on uh, the internet with a lot of younger people, where they don't really, it doesn't seem like there's that much of an emphasis on virtue or certain great things that you can do to improve other people's lives. It's more about, well, what is it this thing that I'm going to be known as so that other people are going to give me a lot of accolades for being known as this thing? You know, it's very empty to me. And that's what I feel happens when there is no emphasis on aiming for something higher within some kind of a spiritual vehicle. I see what you're saying now, Lev. I see what you're saying. I think the thing higher is the museum. And I think we have a responsibility to bring that back to humanity. Tell them about and that that one, that one place we worship is reason. You know what I mean? I agree. That one place we worship is reason. If it is a reality... If it is a reality that Jesus Christ was arrested in a public park at 4 a.m. with a naked boy that he was engaging in sexual acts with, if that's a reality of history, we need to preserve that within the museum, don't we? Don't we have like a, a don't? Isn't that our godly? What is I the mean, museum? And he, because you and I both studied that word. There's a the muse. There's mm -hmm. an etymology there. Can you explain that real quick? Yeah, she's. Yeah. That's why the ancients are always invoking her, right? These old um, temples, worships. You know, these these types of. Uh, um, they weren't religions. They were markers for society. For example, Pythagoras. Pythagoras was asked, um, "We're going to send a colony out to so and so a place, and what do you recommend we do?" And Pythagoras said, "Number one, build a temple of the Muses." That said everything. When you're sending out a colony to create a society, you have to have some kind of standard where you can stand there and worship, quote unquote, truth, right? With that muse, they said, comes justice. If you've got the muses, if you venerate the muses, you get justice with it, right? That Athena, that justice, she comes through that muse, through that voice, through that voice. And so that's what I'm saying with the text. What did they keep in Alexandria? Why was that such a big deal? Right? It's because who burned, they had who burned the it down, by the way? Who they burned down the, the library of Alexandria? Christians. Yeah. yeah. Who, who burned it down? Yeah. The people who didn't want. Theodosius shut down everything. Shut down the all the museums. The books. Yeah. Shut down all the museums. All, and that's what I want to see before I die. I want to see a temple mm. of the muses being built in the middle of America. 
right in the middle. But you right guys are you guys are dealing with a problem much like in that uh, Steven Spielberg movie uh, Indiana Jones when he has to switch the statue with the fake one. You know what I mean? Like, or rather, in this case, you want to switch the statue with the real one. You want to switch it with the muses. But yeah. unlike uh, the uh, ancients when they were going into some uh, virgin land or whatever, you guys are now dealing with an organized religion that's got all these thousands of years behind it. And the question is, if you want to get at the truth, how do you deal with so many people who think that whatever they have is their truth? Because you don't want to tear the whole thing down, you know, limb from limb, because otherwise there's going to be a fracturing in our society. It's something that I think we should take very seriously. You know, like, how do we make sure that we have a smooth transition into something that actually does have way more truth in it? Like, I don't know. What's the what's, what's the answer here? I'm on. You tell I me. Think, I think that's a question you leave out to the to, to the, the ether. Bring it down. out into yeah. the ether. That's that I think is a good way to end on. But we've got super chats, fellas. So let's go for the super super chats right now. Here we go. Okay, here we are. A new way forward. 1999. If it's the end of times, it's time to break the rules. Okay, this one's for Ariel. See, he was gone gone too quick. But uh, I'm gonna ask him off camera, and uh, hopefully, if new way forward, if you're gonna be back. I am going to tell him what he answered, or you can go to the Discord, and I'm going to put the Discord link here as well. And on Discord, if you join me, I'm going to be able to communicate with Ariel and get the answer for you. But anyway, uh, if it's the end of time, it's time to break the rules. Do you think more in terms of sharps or flats? How would you approach song concept for living through revelations? That is not for you guys. I'm going to bring that one to Ariel. It's uh, a music question. Yes. But, but I did want to, uh, uh, next time I talk to him, I want to I want to really show him the Orphic Mysteries because he's a musician. Mm -hmm. I think he would find his home right there. Absolutely. Another yeah. one from... Ev, uh, Ev, yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. It's so rude. I just want to say thank you for having me. Thank and you, Neil brother. Knows this. Neil knows this, but I have a, an oath to the devil to keep. So That's I'm, right. I have to. I have to. He doesn't do it. So he doesn't do super chats. He already. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Okay. But Neil, well, go ahead. I but, forgot about that. I'm. I'm Lev, thank you. Thank you. Thank for the you. Well, where can people find you? Where can people find you? People can find me on Lady Babylon. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just the, at the channel. Um. But Lev, I wanted to say thank you so much because uh, I want you to recognize that your forum is allowing discussion you are participating in that so i'm honored i'm honored to be i'm honored to have you brother thank you so much for doing this i would love to have you back thank you sir anytime that you want excellent excellent and the final super chat oh no this one's from uwu and uwu for those who are not familiar with uh, furry terminology uwu is something that resembles the face of a furry so now you guys know. If you guys were always wondering what the heck uwu means, it's like a face that, like you know, a, a, a furry creature makes. Anyway, uwu five dollars. Will alien uh, in parenthesis demonic disclosure lead to the world's nations uniting as one against God, thus fulfilling Armageddon? Neil, go for it. Probably would. I mean, it depends. It depends on what that alien looks like. If it, what kind of technology we're, we're dealing with. If it's a, if it's gonna attack us or not, that's an interesting question. I never thought about. I, I had thought about it a little. Yeah, I guess it would. I guess we would have no choice. Like, do you really think Russia would be like, no, we need to fight for or Ukraine, even though there's aliens attacking us right now? No, you, I think things would change real quick if the aliens came to the picture. 
There are a few things I recall reading from uh, Jason Giorgiani's book, uh, Closer Encounters, about that, about how you have had these, uh, supposedly have had these UFOs that were stopping uh, certain uh, nuclear silos uh, from being activated, and also how certain representatives of these blonde, uh, blue-eyed Nordic aliens were going into uh, undercover into uh, various intelligence agencies and trying to get people to denuke, to de-arm. And so Giorgiani's point of view was that, well, these aliens won this week so that we wouldn't be able to fight back when they're able to take over. So they're actually very concerned about us having this very advanced technology, and they're just as concerned about us having uh, psychic powers, because that would also be another way that we would be able to fight against whatever they have in store for us. And his whole point of view has to do with the aliens wanting Earth to go back into this traditionalist, um, very agrarian lifestyle. So the elite, including themselves, would be in control of the sheep. And so it'll be just like it was like in Atlantis. It'll be just like it was, you could say, like in ancient Mesopotamia, where we have the rulers at the top of the pyramid, everybody in the bottom, so that we wouldn't have the normies being able to be just as powerful when it comes to using technology that they're not ready to use. Which is like, even Giorgiani admits it, like, if humans have access to zero-point energy, they can create a lot of chaotic things. And is it worth it? Is the juice worth the squeeze, as uh, was uh, recently uh, said in a different uh, setting? So, I don't know, is the juice worth the squeeze? Like, Neil, would you be able to trust your neighbor, Wilson or whoever, with having zero-point energy? I have no idea. I don't know. That's that's like a Pandora's box question right there. I have no idea. Interesting, though. It's something to think about. Definitely. It's very tough. And the last Super Chat of the day, we have Ted Francis, 499. Mark is the shortest and oldest gospel, and it doesn't add any extra fluff. So why would Mark include a naked boy running away from cops? It's true. Yeah. No, it's Mark. The the, the gospel of Mark, it's the shortest one, right? Just like you said. And it's packed with... Everything that's in there is meaningful. It has relevance to the grand narrative of the mystery of Jesus. There's nothing just randomly. It's not like, oh, he, you know, so they stopped and ate breakfast. And then there is nothing like that. It's all everything matters until the last second of that, of that book. So the fact that in Mark 14, you get this random and then a naked boy ran away. What is that doing there? It's a good question to ask. There are, I'll give you. Let me just say this real quick, though, because there's probably some people who Christians might be watching this and saying, "But I heard in church that this is a resurrected child." Like, okay, maybe everything, anything's possible. It doesn't say that though. Like, it doesn't specifically tell you that. So a lot, a lot of Christians throughout the centuries of really pondering over this, what, what the hell's going on here, have decided that Mark is sort of subliminally telling you that they were in this Garden of Gethsemane. And he resurrected a child, but the apostles, for some reason, because they were asleep, you know how it says they fell asleep? They didn't see it happen. So he's, Mark's like trying to make you think that you see what happened, but they didn't see what happened. It's kind of an odd uh, take from it, but still, it still doesn't answer the question, why, why would Mark even put that there, you know? 
Yeah, it's pretty odd. And one comment over here from a uh, uh, Twitter dude who I recognize, Arenji Sama, says, quite an obnoxious panel, this. So I think from people who are more of the Christian, and I don't know if he's Christian Probably. or not, but yeah, of the Christian persuasion, a lot of this stuff comes off as being like, oh, well, I know more than these, you know, Norby Christians over here, and I can say this and that. But it's like, why not look at the source materials and then say whether Christian. Neil's wrong? Yeah, you know, I was like, a I was, I was a Christian. Like, what are we really talking about here? Like, either we're talking about what Neil said is correct or what Neil said is bullshit. And there's only one way to do it. So it's like, what do you want to do? Do you want to say that, well, all of this is just like the temptations of the devil. I'm going to avoid it. Or if your faith is that strong, you know, why not find out as much as you can about what's actually going on here and go from there? It's like that's the whole point of the garden of of uh, where the tree of knowledge is. It's you have to decide. I do want. Do you want to be sheltered and everything's going to be okay? And don't take it. Or are you going to be like, you know, are you going to take the bite and and open your eyes? Like take that risk. There, it's a question. I'm not saying I have the answer to it, but it's the question. It's the question of all. It's the it's the grand narrative question. Do Absolutely. we progress or do we drop out? I mean, look at Chris Chan right now. I don't know, Neil, uh, to end on a very interesting note, Chris Chan is out of jail. I don't know if you are aware of that. I, th I heard that Andrew Tate got out of jail today, too. Yeah, Andrew Tate got out of jail. Chris Trump's Chan got... going to jail. <laughs> it's What's a going very... on, dude? Crazy I know, it's times. a very strange world. But f do you know about Chris Chan or no? Do you need a yeah, reminder? Yeah, yeah, I've seen the, I've seen the lore of that. Yeah, and Chris Chan wants to create the dimensional merge where his, where the world of his imagination ends up meeting the real world. But the reason why I mentioned that is one last thing that I wish I would have asked Damon when he was here, but I would love to ask this of you as well. Would you say that a lot of these mystery cults, do they emphasize anything along the lines of whatever you think about, whatever you – I mean, it's such a new-agey thing to say, but it's like whatever you imagine – will come to be if you imagine strong enough like if the power no. of your mind to create something they don't have anything like that at all no 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 there's there's the same virtues the same principles of you know uh the same strive for piety is 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 within the mystery religions as it is in christianity christianity doesn't just come along all these wicked pagans that are eating babies and having orgies all the time it's not like that it's a there these ideas of of virtues and piety are still there. It's a, it's a very important thing people need to realize. The well, we're not weren't just wicked adulterers doing whatever they wanted. They were. Well, we're they were, not. Uh, we're not talking about wickedness per se. What we're talking about is what are the limitations of a certain spiritual technology, right? Like, are you able to do certain things at a more advanced state? that would give you access to certain information that would not be available to other people that would let you shape the world in a certain way that would not uh, that you would not be able to do were you not aware of certain ways of doing it so it, it's kind of like saying well these are the tools that you need to build a shed you know like i'm not i'm not elevating it above that uh, level of reality but i'm just saying like is there anything because i know that in the hermetic text they talk about similar things about how the world is structured so that is something that's definitely prevalent in a lot of the more i wouldn't say new agey but a lot of the theosophical societies you know this idea that you would be able to change the nature of reality through i'm not saying just like think about it for a second all of a sudden you're going to get that brand new porsche or whatever i'm just talking about advancing your mind to such a degree What's that 
so you would have access the, to. What's the difference yes. between that and faith and praying for things that you want to happen? It's the same thing. A Christian goes to church, and they, they get in the booth, and they say, God, please, please make the Bills win the Super Bowl. They do. Uh, this, this is a thing. People, there, are, there are Christians that are praying for dumb shit, hoping it comes true. What's the difference between that and the pagan doing that? I wouldn't say there's a difference between the pagan doing that. What I would say there is a difference between an advanced monk or somebody who has you know, devoted their life to being able to put their brain state into like, you know, gamma range, you know, being able to concentrate very efficiently. Just in terms of what you end up getting out of what you put into something. If you do put in not just all like, oh, you know, like you're struggling in the toilet or whatever, but when you actually put in a lot of time and concentration, have a very sharp, clear mindedness about something, even in terms of just being inspired to create a poem or to make a movie or whatever, the aha moment comes about when there is a surge of gamma waves inside of the brain. And that's been shown with advanced meditators and with other people who were tested on this, that the brain goes into a slower state and a slower state, like, you know, goes from alpha, beta, delta, and eventually it goes all the way back up to gamma as long as the cup is clear. You know, as long as there's nothing that's filling it at the time, it allows people to concentrate and get answers to certain questions that they might have. All well, I'm saying what, it what's is... the question? Yeah, I'm trying to understand what's there. Yes, what I'm saying is that within any mystery school tradition, was there an emphasis on that? I mean, I know that within Hinduism, there was definitely an emphasis on that, having to do with connecting to Brahma, connecting to God, where you would clear your mind, you would meditate, and then you would experience that feeling of oneness with the universe. So that was something that was passed down, yeah. at least in that particular tradition. All I'm saying is, can that read, all? Yeah. If you read about the Eleusinian mysteries, one of the themes that you keep hearing reoccurring, for, depending on whoever it is, even Clement, a Christian, writes about this. Even he says that people who are who got initiated and, and performed the rites and went through the tradition came out no longer fearing death and be, became more. Um, less uh, anxious about life and death so it was a, there was salvation atta being attained in these mysteries so i don't know if that answers the question exactly no it's it's, it's, it's related to all, it but yeah it is related to it and you also have prayer in these in these rites too prayer praying no, it's definitely it's definitely related. Like what you're talking about is that concept of like in uh, you would have in the Orthodox Christianity the idea of uh, theosis, you know, merging with the Almighty. What I'm talking about is tangential to that, but it's more along the lines of if you set your mind at a certain frequency through the process of meditation, you would be able to have like a lot of Buddhist meditators report being able to access these very quote unquote transcendental states, being able to see visions that they normally would not be able to see. And what I'm trying to figure out here is that was there anything written about in uh, these mystery school traditions that talk about not only attaining those states, you know, and obviously we could say like drugs were used to attain certain states like that as well. But not just stating those states, but what you are able to then do in terms of affecting reality when you're in those states. Or was it purely you see whatever you see, but it's not going to affect anything outside of your particular experience? I think that's kind of the point of the of the rights, prescribed rights, the secrets. I think that's the point is they're putting they're getting 
the the actual rituals themselves are done in a certain way to achieve a certain outcome from that state. So whatever is involved, whatever chanting is involved, whatever sacrifice of a certain animal, whatever it is that is is what's going on there. And it's very hard to put together what was actually happening in the inner mysteries because it was secret. Nobody wrote about it. it really, there's really not a lot about it. People who wrote about it were killed for it. They would be put on trial. And it was called. It was. A, it was one of the worst charges you can get: profaning the mysteries. If you got charged with that, you're done. And Aeschylus, in the sixth century BCE, wrote about the. He didn't write about it directly. He indirectly, kind of like Stanley Kubrick. The you know the conspiracy yeah, 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 theory, yeah. the conspiracy that Stanley Kubrick was like revealing mysteries. This is what happened with Aeschylus, the poet, the the playwright. He got charged with revealing the mysteries in his plays. You can read his plays. Nobody really knows what it is that he was revealing. People have tried to piece it together, but he, nonetheless, he was charged with profaning the mysteries, and he beat the case. They didn't kill him. He beat the case. But I think he was ostracized and kicked out of the city. So it was a big deal. What year was that? Is uh, look up ask. Let me look up Askless. I'll get you the exact date right now. Hmm. But he, he's the one who writes about the the the, the um, Persians and mm-hmm. Prometheus. Uh, five, so he was born in 525 BCE. He died in 456. So 6th century, 5th century BCE. Very interesting. A long time ago, dude. Yeah. That's the ancient world right there. Exactly. But uh, the only thing that I'm saying here in relation to that is I think that the process of meditation itself is in a way kind of a master key for a lot of these things. Because keep in mind, like a lot of these people who were entered into the mystery, they were probably the normies of back then. Like just right now we were talking about, you know, uh, Marcus Aurelius, you know, this great this great philosophical emperor was a you know drug addict. Like a lot of people had a lot of things that they had to deal with in their life. And I imagine a lot of those people, you know, they had a wife, kids, they you know, probably had slaves back then, you know, that they had to uh, deal with. You know, they had invading armies. Imagine somebody who has all of that shit on their plate versus some, I don't know, Buddhist monk who's got all the time in the world, who goes into a monastery and devotes himself to a very particular practice. The reason why I'm saying this is I don't necessarily think that the only way to gain these secrets of the mysteries is to do exactly what it is that those gurus within the mystery cult would have told a lot of these regular people to do. I think the reason why they did that was to kind of hook them into their particular way of attaining this gnosis. All I'm saying is that... For a lot of us, I don't think we need that. I think all we need is just like a quiet space, being able to sh- uh, sit down, shut the fuck up, and just start breathing. I think that could be the start of it. And from there, I think it may open up uh, various other horizons to uh, to us that we may not expect right now. But anyway, that's just like me talking from personal experience. And I really appreciate you, Neil, being here as always, brother. I always love having you on Break the Rules, and uh, as well as Amon and Ariel Pink, and uh, this is a wonderful stream. And guys, listen, subscribe. Knock the hell out of that subscribe button right now. Click it right now and make sure you click the bell. Now I've looked at the statistics. Not that many people click that bell. You always forget about that bell, so click it right now. And it's also very important to add a like. The like is very important. And share this to all of your friends, loved ones, cats, dogs, uncles, whatever. So that's it. Neil, what do you have coming up? My next video that I'm going to be releasing is is called The Greatest Gangster of All Time. And it's Sola. Sola was a general 
right in the end of the Roman Republic before Caesar came along. Actually, Caesar was alive during Sola, and Sola, Sola was on top of Caesar. Put it that way. Sola was was more powerful than Caesar was uh-huh. during the learning life. They had Caesar had to wait till Sola was dead for him to actually rise up and become who he was. Wait, Sulla did, was didn't most, Sulla try to take shit over just like Caesar ended he up? He did take shit over. Are you kidding me? Sola's the reason why Caesar had was able to go and sweep with his armies and take over. Because Sola laid all, Sola did everything before Caesar did. So I'm doing a video of Sola, and he ends his life, and this is why I'm titling it the, the greatest gangster of all time. Because he just one day decided, you know what? I'm done being a military legend. Um, I'm going to take my trillions of dollars, like equivalent, whatever, how much gold he had. And I'm just going to go retire off on an island. I'm going to take all the most beautiful musicians and women and, and, and prostitutes and playwrights, all the most famous celebrities of Rome at the time. I'm going to take them all with me. We're going to go on this island. We're, I'm just going to live off my days here and no one's going to fuck with me. Mm. He did was that, that Capri? I don't know where the Different island was. Because I know the Tiberius. Tiberius had a similar thing going on for himself. Well, what about, yeah, last yeah. question, what about Crassus? Because I, I recall Crassus is also pretty badass. He had his own private uh, firefighters where when they... Uh, uh, Crassus worked, yeah. worked for Sulla. He was under... Ah. He worked under so when... when kind of like how when Alexander the Great died, all of his generals sort of like Yeah, Ptolemy up. and all that, yeah. Well, when Sulla died, you had Pompey the Great, Crassus, Caesar, Mark, you had, they were all working under Sola. Sola won the civil war against Marius, and Marius was a big deal. So this leading up to Caesar was there's a lot of shit that happened before Caesar, and Caesar kind of just comes along at the right time mm. when everything was when all the stars were aligned for a great military king, whatever you want to call him. And so Sola pretty much lays out the ground for him to do it basically that's kind of what i'm getting at in the video wait, wait, did, not, C- did, caesar, did caesar do any drugs yes yeah right. everyone was everyone was and, Every, right. anybody who was a like rich and elite you had access to anything you anything well Good see that's what i'm talking about access we're living in an age where so many people have access to all kinds of stuff and these are like people who were trained to be you know like the best of the best to have the stoic attitude and they fell victim to it that's all i'm saying all i'm saying is that humanity is a very tricky thing where you know if there is too much of an opportunity to lay down rather than stand up you're gonna lay down but anyway i mean you know neil like you've been through you have like i think there's there's a lot of rare people like you out there who did manage to have a um, you know flirtation with a lot of these tempting things and were able to overcome that and that I think is that's fucking magical that is that is amazing yeah I would say my love for ancient history and and, and studying and doing independent studying filled filled a lot of that as as someone who's an at who was an addict anyone who's an addict who's listening will know what I'm saying there's that void you know there's that that ad addiction void that you're always trying to fill with substances. Well, I kind of replaced it with my love for ancient history and mythology, making this channel. You know, this is what I do now. Yeah. And now you're growing a beard, and uh, yeah. you're gonna be like a like a wizard. So, guys, please follow Neil. Where can people find you? Gnostic Informant.
Gnostic Informant, everybody. And don't forget, follow me on Twitter at LevPo. Make sure to subscribe once again. And Patreon. I didn't show the Patreon once, so I'm going to show it right now. Patreon.com slash BreakTheRules. Become a patron, and you are going to get these very beautiful magnets, which uh, here they are. Look at the quality of these guys here. I'm going to put them on the uh, front layer so you guys can see them in all their magnetic glory. My father created these very beautiful magnets, and they could be yours uh, when you become a $20 and up subscriber to the uh, to the Patreon. And if you become a $50 subscriber, you are going to get a custom magnet, meaning whatever design you want within reason, that is what you guys are going to get. So once again, that is patreon.com slash break the rules, become a patron today, and I am going to be eternally grateful for that. And again, if you guys think like, oh, okay, they talked about religion today, that's pretty interesting, what else they got? We talk about it all. We talk about politics, we talk about culture, we talk about philosophy, and when I say we, I mean I bring on people who otherwise would have never had the chance to speak to each other right here on this platform, making it happen all the time, and we are going to have a lot of special people coming up. Uh, uh, Mencius Moldbug, Curtis Yarvin is coming back in a couple of weeks. That should be very exciting. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, that's going to be, I think, his fourth appearance now. That's it. He's a BTR regular. There we go. So, guys, thank you so much for watching. 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 Guys. Thank you so much for watching, guys. Thank you so much for.